have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. We are back again for another exciting episode this week on I Know You Hear Me. I'm here in studio. This is me, Flynn Hendricks. And on the line, we've got somebody that I am over the moon excited to have in today. This is somebody that if you would have told the 10-year-old me that I'd get the chance to talk to and have a podcast with, if he could do backflips, he would. I've got the voice. You know her as Kid Goku, Kid Gohan, Teen Gohan, among many other voices that she's done throughout her career. On the line today, we've got Stephanie Nadolny. Stephanie, thank you for being on with us tonight. Hey, everybody. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And like I said, I'm just, I'm trying to keep the inner kid in me, you know, under control right now because you are the voice of Goku that I grew up on and what really hooked me and fed my Dragon Ball addiction growing up. So... Thank you for Dragon Ball addiction. My wife may not appreciate it, but you grow up on it and just never goes away. So I'm I'm over the moon to have you here. Something that we latch on to as a kid that that gets us through the hard times and something that that they can turn to when they need to escape from the world. Absolutely. And so what we're going to talk about tonight, I've learned a lot about you, not just from our conversations off air, but. Also, from my voiceover coach, Elise Bowman, interviewing you as well, I found out that you were also born in Tennessee, not too far from where I live now. And it really is. And then on top of that, too, you've told me that you've kind of gone through a lot of the same things growing up that I did with bullying and different things like that. So now kind of bringing it full circle for me, the talents you put on the air and just Goku, Gohan, didn't even know you as a person back then, but what you were doing made such an impact on me that it got me through a lot of hard times growing up because I was that kid that was bullied a lot. But, you know, just getting home, turning on Toonami, and then there was Dragon Ball. It's like, okay, this is my happy place right now. This Forget everything else. So getting to talk to that's you crazy. right now is amazing. That's so, that's so humbling, and thank you for that because I was seriously, like, just going to work. You know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. I say it like I was going to work because it was a job, and I was, you know, fulfill. But I was fulfilling a um, an inner passion of mine by branching out of singing and doing other things, and using these crazy, insane, mimicking voices and crazy and sounds and things that I'd learned about growing up when I was just playing around. And I was actually like thrilled to, to explore this whole world of voice acting and character voice acting, and it was just crazy because at the time, I had no idea what Japanese anime was. I didn't know, okay, we're going to be dubbing. Okay, what's that? I mean, I kind of knew, but then and I just followed the leader, basically, and they told me what to do, and the directors, you know, once they chose me for the role, I said, okay, what do you want from me? <laughs> Let's see if I can do this. Am I doing a good job? Is this going to work out? You know, so to hear 
the success of the show and these stories of kids all over the world, literally watching the show and all these languages and feeling like I've made an impact in a positive way is just so fulfilling, especially as an older adult now and my passion for children and wanting children and not having any. And now I can kind of be this mother, this nurturing mother to the world of Dragon Ball fans and physically like hold these babies and kids that are, you know, kids of the kids that grew up on the show is like, it's fascinating. It's seriously fulfilling for me personally. I can only imagine. I know right now too, my six-year-old and now my two-year-old just got introduced to it. My wife probably hates me for it, but I mean, (laughs) it just going down from generation to generation and it's absolutely amazing to see them get hooked into it the same way. So it's really special for you to see that and see that light in their eyes and see them embrace something that you embraced when you Mm -hmm. were a kid. That's got to be so crazy. Awesome. I have nieces. I wasn't able to have my own kiddos. I tried desperately. I'm still not giving up. (laughs) Who knows? Right. There's hope yet. Uh, Yeah. So I mean, I, my, my nieces are now when I got cast, they were not even born yet. And so now they're 21 almost 22 and 18 and so they're getting into anime and they're thinking oh wow Aunt Steph- now I know what Aunt Stephanie did all those years besides singing and performing and traveling and whatever else but like they're like wow and like they're seeing the pop toys with their friends at these area mm-hmm. anime comic book stores and just kind of online and they're like Stephanie do you realize that your signature is worth this much and this card with your signature and I'm like I had no idea I'm like wow really <laughs> yeah I didn't even know I had a Wikipedia, a Wikipedia page and an IMDB until like oh three or oh four like a friend of mine was a bass player in a band i was in and he was like did you realize that you've got this pages online that show all this work you've done and give you credit for this and that i had no idea it was like that's pretty cool how do they know (laughs) with the wikipedia did they have everything correct or was it just a lot of speculation and nobody bothered to correct them on that right and when you say they it's like who are they exactly and how do they know like i know that there were there's all kinds of stuff on there dating back to really before I was in the industry at all as far as voice acting. So some of the years might be a little bit off. And then I think some of the stuff fell through the cracks because I say this a lot. You know, back <laughs> when I was working at the company, Funimation was a teeny tiny company. It was um, They were actually working on some other projects outside of Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball. Um, and that's kind of how I met people in the in- industry that landed me the audition. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm already like my brain is I just had coffee. It is like nine o'clock at night. This is insane. I'm like, that's my new addiction, but it's a healthy <laughs> one. <laughs> Caffeine and sugar and candy. And uh, but yeah, no, things were just I don't know. It was a, it was a whole different world. I mean, we're talking a couple of decades. So I was traveling with my show band like 250 days a year. Wow. And then I'm working with Brave Combo, meeting them through Vince Vance and the Valiants, which I joined right out of high school. And that's kind of how I got introduced to the industry of voice acting, particularly Funimation in general, as far as dubbing Japanese anime. And that's where that whole door opened for me is getting out and singing and doing what I do and following my passion actually led me to meet Barry Watson, who was recording the uh, the voice actors up in Canada, the Ocean Group. Right. I found all this out later. I, I mean, I just met him at a session. And it turns out we both love Ray Combo, and I was back, singing backups for the Cyborgs show that that Funimation was working on, and I was just doing my thing, laying down vocals and rocking the studio stuff. And I met Barry, and we exchanged information. He said, "Have you ever done voice acting?" And I said, "Well, I I kind of do for fun, and I've been doing all kinds of insane voices and acting and musical theater, and I guess you know all of that involves the voice." So I said, I'm definitely open to that opportunity if you if you know of anything. He said, yeah, I think I might. And I said, oh, great, awesome, you know. 
And then I went back in the studio and recorded my vocals. And, you know, less than a year later, I get a call to come in and audition. And I was like, okay, sounds great. You know, anything involving the voice and something new. I was, you know, super young back then. And I was working all the time and I was ready to, for the new project. And boy, I look, I look back now and I'm like, I'm sure, sure glad I showed up to that audition. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I was traveling the world too much that I couldn't <laughs> get out to one of the most amazing opportunities of my life. Right. Right. What well, could have been if you weren't there. Oof. Right. Oh yeah. I was all for it. I remember getting the, the, the phone call on my voicemail. I say voicemail is actually a recording a machine. <laughs> we didn't have cell phones back then. Or we the old answering machine. We kind of, yeah, we kind of had it. We, but we were, you know, we had the pay phones. We were eighties kids, you know, right. late seventies, eighties. And so, but I remember getting the machine, you know, on the machine, the, the phone call where it's like, we were casting you as the voice of Gohan. It's a really big part. And I was just <laughs> over the moon excited because I was like, oh, they liked me. This is great. And so when they said it's a big part, I was like, okay, well, okay. I'm, I guess I'm going to be the voice of a little kid, a boy <laughs> that came out of left field. I was like. I didn't get cast as any of the female characters. You know, I just went in there, you know, a blank slate. I, I didn't know. I, I went in prepared to voice females, but in all actuality, they were not only looking to fill the female roles, but also the the kid boy voices. And a lot of times females are really kind of perfect for that because of the vocal range of a little kid is usually higher. Mm-hmm. It's very well known in the industry now, but back then, you know, it was kind of like, I mean, the Simpsons, I guess, were out. So it was kind of a little bit of a common knowledge but i do know that when i went to my first convention at this in the san diego comic-con which that was like wow look at this whole world of conventions and what's all this about you know and there's like star trek people and star wars and wonder woman and marvel comics and we we've got dragon ball c voice voice actors here there were four of us and and i just remember constant like my voice was gone because the whole weekend i was having to prove to these kiddos oh yeah I don't know, like between six and 12 at the time, I guess, most of them. And they just did, would not believe. They couldn't believe that I was the voice of a, of Gohan. They're like, no, no, that's impossible. You're a girl. So I had to prove it all weekend long. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I've... And I was there with three other voice actors that were male. So I was the <laughs> only girl. So then it was like, and you play Gohan? What? I don't believe you. Oh, yeah. I understand it. I mean, it's it's crazy to say, but I think there were people up until a couple years ago since you mentioned The Simpsons that didn't even know that Nancy Cartwright was the voice right. of Bart Simpson, and that was a female doing a male voice. So, Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because he's kind of talks like that. I'm not really a Bart Simpson mimic <laughs> per se, but... Close I enough for me. I can heel from <laughs> King of the Hill, but dang it. You know, it's just, I, I don't know, it's natural. Spot on. So, oh, Thanks. When you get told that you're going to have a pretty big role like that, do you feel like any extra pressure? Like, did they put any extra pressure on you for that? Or was there any internal pressure that you put on yourself? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm my worst critic. Most people are, I think, in this industry because it's like, I mean, I don't know. For me personally, I have to know that I'm doing a good job Mm -hmm. at something and know it with all of my heart. Otherwise, I get really insecure, you know? Absolutely. if I don't really feel like I'm nailing the part or I'm not following direction and they, it's just not, not happening. I mean, I'm like, man, I'm out. Is this not a good fit? Like I have to have a comfort level there, not just from 
myself, but I need the validation from the director to make sure that we're on track here because it's also early on like that. I, I was just learning the ropes to this industry that I knew nothing about as far as what's the etiquette of like walking into having these sessions in these, mm-hmm. and then, you know, other than being on time and being warmed up and ready to go. And, you know, it was a whole new thing. I mean, I was traveling in a show band on planes, trains and automobiles, sleeping on the airport floors, rocking the gigs and maybe not eating, knowing if you were going to eat a meal that day or where you're going to be sleeping if you're going to be sleeping if the bus right. is going to break down like i had a whole crazy lifestyle of traveling and so then all of a sudden i'm in this industry where there's like oh you know we're scheduled sessions and it's like you come at this you know you come at this time and you i was just kind of following lead there and you know but thankfully it worked out but i remember some really early on like really a lot of pressure like am i doing all right here and thankfully it worked out and I, I guess I, I did. And a lot of it was just those first few sessions because it was just, you know, what is this all about? And so I just had to just kind of jump back and listen to direction and and then just follow their lead. And um, I remember one session I was supposed to cry and be all like, not only do the voice of Gohan, but, but like be very vulnerable, vulnerable and cry. And I kind of got embarrassed. Like, I don't think I don't know if I can do this. This is some serious, hardcore acting that's mm-hmm. that's very, very intense, emotional scenes. And I remember leaving the session like in tears, like I didn't cry there, like I was trying hard not to. My face was all red, like, I'm, but it, it ended up working out because, like, yeah, I, I just had to develop the confidence in knowing that, hey, you're good, it's all good, and you show up and knock it out, and then you get called back, you know, you're in good shape because it's like, oh well, I guess they like me, right? <laughs> and then when you get another role, when I got the ro- other side roles and the walla and the background voices, I knew right at that point, you know, after a year or so, I was on track and everything. And then when you start seeing it on TV and that year, 1999, was this extremely crucial year for me, not only in the industry, but as that was the year that my mom, who's my age, well, she was my age, well, she actually was 51, but she ended up with this horrible cancer, and oh. it was very aggressive, and she ended up, you know, passing away that August, and I had just gotten cast, but she that was a really big year for me because that was a breakout role of Gohan, and we were able to actually sit down when she was home from chemo and watch some of it on TV. And That's amazing. So that was like really powerful thing for me to kind of share that experience with my mother when we didn't know she was going to take her out. That's just something you just don't give, don't always get over. I mean, I'm not over oh, it still. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I understand that 100%. I, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, my mom was my best friend and I everybody says that and it was my best friend. It's like, she really was like, she was my oasis in a very, very tumultuous, dysfunctional, like insane childhood of just being ripped from school to school and town to mm-hmm. town and a uh, very violent, I say violent, that's not a good word for it, but a very tumultuous um, divorce when I was six, when my parents split. And it was just this constant state of trying to find footing on a solid ground and then my mom became that solid ground and that unconditional love and then boom she's gone and then oh what am I going to do now and right you know I'm glad I had her as long as I did because I really did get the crucial years of growing up really you know like 11 to 18 those are some crucial years Mm -hmm. and so I was able to have her in my life to really be my safety net and then so then I had gotten into my adult years and was traveling and I'd uh, was out on my own. I'd, I'd gotten an apartment and was starting to live on me. It's like, I'm not going back to college. I thought I was, but once I got a bite of the, um, you know, performing job, job for a living and singing and expressing myself in the way I've always wanted to my whole life, there was really no looking back. And I ended up not getting that degree and, and really was 
very successful. So it, it ended up working out. Absolutely. <laughs> but, I know when that bug that strikes, it's addictive. So when you get that entertainment bug, it just, you've got to chase that dragon because you're always trying to find that next adrenaline rush or mm-hmm. feel from the crowd. It's a, uh, once it gets you, it gets you. It does. And if that's really where you live, like that's where I live. Like I, I mean, that's why I think what's going on now with the industry and it can, you know, really biting you up and, and, chomping you and spitting you out like I'm like I feel like I'm the epitome of that I mean there's just been just a knockdown drag out like I mean whether it be other girl singers uh, multiple auditions um jealousy um bullying I mean it's just I feel like I'm still dealing with that it's crazy I mean the industry that I'm in and I know mm-hmm. politics are everywhere and I oh, know yeah. that's just a fact of life and yeah it makes you stronger if you can just stay in the game kind of thing and be resilient which thankfully I was able to um yeah, it's like I feel like I'm just li- reliving a lot of that. And I, I but thankfully, you know, I had some bullies and those are my bullies and those bullies taught me what I needed to know. God, the universe, the cosmos, whatever you believe in, it's definitely it was preparing me absolutely at an extremely young age to thicken that skin. And I'm an empath, an extremely sensitive, loving mm-hmm. person. And so, but my passion is is in my um, drive has always been stronger than that, thankfully. Otherwise, I would have bowed out years ago. Right. Um, yeah. Auditions for plays and then just this backbiting competitive thing and being a new girl and starting over and still wanting to do those things and having some talent and then being a nice person. It, it was not it was it didn't do me any favors, but it was what it was. And I did the best I could to try to fit in in all of these towns and with all of these different people from all of these different backgrounds of life and now i love it because like you just throw me anywhere i'm like i'll make friends at the grocery store you know i can be at a i don't know starbucks and like meet strangers airport and really make friends anywhere and everywhere so it's it's kind of been something a source of strength in being that i can be a chameleon Mm -hmm. and adjust to my surroundings that's been a huge deal for me um all through my life is really being able to adapt to your surroundings and even though it hurts and it's like the backbiting and the competition and the who's sleeping with who and who's if that's happening and if it is who is it and you know it's it's just a seedy dark part of the business and absolutely i've just stayed true to my my roots which were you know my mom was a lady and a classy sweet lady that was kind and I just, you know, you learn from that and you have kids now. So, you know, your kids learn and pick up on things when they can barely even talk. Mm -hmm. Like they really start picking up on what's going on around them. And so if you live your life in a way that's good person, an honest person that makes good decisions, they they pick up on that. Absolutely. And thankfully I had a mother that was just this angel. (laughs) I mean, she, I, I look back, I'm like, gosh, I mean, no wonder everybody loved her. She was just so lovable and so funny. And I feel like I inherited a lot of that just by being raised by her, you know? Absolutely. And that's like the gift that keeps on giving because you can tell like with your interactions with fans, with the way you're talking to me right now, you're Mm -hmm. putting that back out into the world, the way she gave it to you as well. So, I mean, it just, it speaks volumes. I'm who I am. I am Stephanie Nadalny, but I, I definitely see and feel her energy and her light and coming through my personality with people and being loving and kind and forgiving. I mean, God, that's been a hard one. Some of these people, it's like, I've got to forgive this person for doing that. This is insane. But, you know, you got to let that stuff go. And I've learned a lot about, you know, and having those roots and that were actually in Christianity. I remember I was taken out of public school and put into a private school at the age of 11, and I was devastated. All my friends were in public school, and that's Mm -hmm. where I wanted to stay. Like I said, I wanted to get these roots as a kid, and every time I turned around, we were moving. 
And it was like never in the summer. It was always like, whoop, March, we're, we're headed out. You know, I'm a junior. Wait, whoa, I'm finally fitting in here. Whoop, too bad. We're moving. Except I was transferred and we just, you know, it wasn't, it was just not an option. I was like, well, can I stay? You know, I got friends in church. I got, you know, can I stay here and, and finish school? That was just not an option. You're coming with us. So yeah, and that's just the way it was, but it's gotten me stronger. It's got me through a lot of rejection and a lot of like feeling like I don't fit in. And I've actually gotten to where I'm, I really embrace being a misfit. And I think that's another thing. I love my nerds. I love my anime nerds. Right. Like, those are my people. That's my tribe right there. Those are the people that are desperately wanting to fit into something and belong to something and mm -hmm. not feel abandoned. And Absolutely. That's where I gel with them and they gel with me. And that's like my heart and my arms are wide open to the, to this whole industry of fans and conventions and getting out face to face and hearing their stories. And that completes my heart. You know, like um, this isn't just about me like, Oh yeah, I go to work and I do voices and I'm extremely talented and I have this attitude and an ego. It's just not that way with me. And maybe I've lost out on some roles because of that. And maybe I, you know, not moving to LA, not moving to New York. Cause when my mom died, I was like, Oh, that's it. I'm never moving again. I'm staying here in Dallas, Fort Worth. I mm -hmm. am totally making my own roots. I'm buying my own house and I am still here to this day, <laughs> still in the same house. Yeah, so I'm having to make the roots I always wanted. I had to kind of define what those were and make my own roots and find my own family. And family's not always blood, you know? Exactly. I know that for sure. That's 100% fact. I've been let down by some of my family. I'm like, what's going Same. on here? We're family. We're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to support each other no matter what. And it's like, that's not always the case. I mean, my now my tribe and my family are people that I'm, you know, some of them, yeah, they're my family. But some of them are best friends and people that... I grew up with in the band and I mean, we're friends mm -hmm. to this day and I'm watching all my friends have kids and raising their kids. And now they can be kind of like my, you know, I'm aunt Stephanie, I'm aunt Stephanie. And right. that's fine. That's my role. I'm embracing that. And as an, as an older adult now, it's like, okay, well now I'm going to be teaching. So I'm teaching music. I'm teaching piano. I'm doing these, these crazy insane things I never thought I would do. I mean, my first passion is love, the love of performing, mm -hmm. singing, songwriting, getting the studio, recording, but now I'm, I found this new open door to like mentoring and helping people get through some of these obstacles that I went through to battle their way to get their dreams and to prep them for what could happen and to, to try to encourage them to follow their dreams and don't give up. And this might happen, but, you know, let that door close and open another one or open your mind, open your spirit to this beautiful life that you can carve out yourself. You don't have to wait for the phone. You know, you can be like really good at something, but that doesn't mean the phone's going to start ringing. Like mm -hmm. you have to hit the pavement. You have to wake up with your purpose and be thankful and have a, a whole mantra about how you live. Every little thing you do every day needs to have a purpose behind it. Something that's real and honest and have integrity. And Absolutely. I've learned a lot of this stuff. And I, unfortunately, I had to learn it the hard way. You know, you make mistakes or you follow some selfish desires, then you're just going to get spit on. And mm -hmm. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to have an agenda. I don't want to be, you know, hey, I'm famous and you, uh, you got to pay money for my autograph. I don't look at it like that. So I'm just a real person. I don't think I'm or feel famous. I mean, I hear people saying, but you're famous. I'm, I really don't feel famous. It's like, this is just who I am. This is what I do. I'm a, I want to hang out with vendors and their kids and at these events. I mean, I want to take pictures with the fans all dressed up. I mean, I'm like, just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm different that way, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really even want to charge my autograph, to be honest. I'd really rather just show up and um, give everything away. <laughs> Absolutely, but unfortunately, those things keep coming every month. That uh, right, the bills, the bills keep the bills. coming. 
But there's so much you said right there that was exactly like, I know the audience can't see me, but I was smiling from ear to ear because almost everything you said was one reason or another that I wanted to start this podcast is because there are people out there that go through those struggles and they Mm -hmm. may not know that there's somebody else that's gone through that or they may not, they may have it in their mind that somebody doesn't care and they're just in it by themselves. I've been there. It's a hard thing to overcome, but just from- Everything you've done and everything you've said, I mean, on top of that, it sounds like we've lived pretty similar lives with the divorce situation and parents, the bullying in school, the backstabbing and the politics. Like there's so much Mm -hmm. there that sometimes you kind of feel like you have to bear that burden yourself. And it's not easy to open up on that because sometimes you can't even verbalize how you're feeling. But Mm -hmm. hearing everything you just said and the energy again that you're putting back into helping mentor these people it's absolutely amazing and especially in today's day and age where it seems like everything is so negative and negativity sells on the news and everything else oh it's just yeah and i love the news but i hate the news exactly it's like oh what should i watch the news like what and then like well who's deciding what gets to be on the news and who's behind it and where are your sources and then it gets political and i mean even look at social media like and i yep. know you know what i'm talking about oh yeah like, i mean i feel like i it's my page it's my facebook page whatever i'm doing I mean, hey i've got a convention or whatever but sometimes i just want to say well it sure is a pretty day out and this you know my cat or my dog i don't know i feel like i i, I mean i can't even say have a good day because somebody's going to be like well, what's up there what's so nice about it yeah what's so nice about it it's not a nice day. Oh, it's not sunny. It's cloudy and rainy. Yeah, it's like, this is my page. I'm trying to put cool stuff on here. Like, I can't even imagine what the bullying is like now. I mean, I know that I had bullying and we didn't even have social media. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, people were like writing you notes saying, oh, so I'm so and so and I have a crush on you and it's all fake. And I mean, there were horrible things that people did to one another, um, especially when we were all kiddos. You know, we were, yeah. you know, fighting through middle school with braces and buck teeth and acne and pfft, hair falling i don't know changing yep. hair getting dark everybody has something right and w- some people had weight issues or they mm-hmm. had bulimia i mean it's, there's always something going on there's a struggle behind anybody and everybody i don't care who you are yep. i don't care how much money you've made i don't care how successful you are i don't care what your religious views are we are here we are human and we are going to suffer and so let's just embrace that and i've just i've done a lot of self-help i've done a lot of like diving into who people why why we're why we're here and uh, because we all want to know what's the meaning of life and i don't want to take this there because that's like right it's all again oh yeah and i'd love to do that too but being self-introspective and like really kind of figuring out like who are you and what are you doing and what do you want to what legacy legacy do you want to leave? Because you, you may not have any any kids. You don't. Your know, mom's gone. And like, what do you want to be when you grow up? No, I'm kidding. But yeah, to like just man, just encourage other people to fight their demons, man. Fight the fight the good fight because you know you can do it. And the human spirit is way more powerful, even when you are suffering horrendous grief, loss, oh, pain, yeah. betrayal. Oh God, that's a big one for me. I've had some crazy betrayal stuff with from even like my best friend like years ago when I needed her the most and people are literally fighting their own battle. It could be anything from addiction to uh, any kind of addiction, shopping, spending, hoarding, stealing, drinking, drugging. I mean, I learned a lot about that. And during the pandemic, because you, we were all forced to deal with a shutdown. Like, and, and when you're in this industry and you're, you're, all your gigs are canceled. I can't perform, can't book my band we were all forced to shut down and you kind of didn't have anything else better to do, but then to like learn how to cook, find a new hobby, figure out technology so you can get on zoom calls to like figure out a way to exercise. I don't know. 
it, it definitely was a, a year for a lot of people to really look into themselves. And I think everybody really should do that and not just let life go by without really trying to constantly better yourself. And Absolutely. Look for ways to understand other people and look outside yourself and like, what are, I don't want to be judged. So why do I, who, who am I to judge other people? You know, that's not right. That's not fair. And I know that's <laughs> and something. I was raised in the church where, and my stepdad was like, you know, you're bad, you're wrong, you know? And so I, I had all these conceptions about life. And then when I joined a show band and all of a sudden I'm in the big city and I'm traveling in a band with, I was like a baby and all these people were older than me. They were more experienced than me. And I was thrown on stage and given like the crappiest costumes and the crappiest microphone and I didn't care. I was in a band and I was so happy and excited. And it's like, but I, I use that as a way to not get bitter and not be like that when there were new girls in the band. And like, I, I would be like the mother hen, like, let me, let me show you the costumes. Let's go get you something cute to wear. Like, mm-hmm. and what I'm talking about now is like the show band and traveling yeah. and being in a band with eight or nine people and traveling, living with these people. You are married to these people, whether you like it or not. And these people oh, are in yeah. the band because they have something unique and they're all talented in their own way. And we all come from different backgrounds. And so instead of letting it make me bitter and mad and angry and shut down, and it actually made me want to be kinder. And I'm the kid that wants to go over to the nerds at the, I say nerds. When I say nerds, I mean that figuratively, like right. the people that don't seem to fit in or the people that are new and whatever popular means. And I learned kind of the hard way that I didn't really want to be popular after all mm-hmm. <laughs> when it came down to it. I just wanted to have my people. I wanted to have my own little tribe. And I found that through youth group and church and a lot of them were younger than me. I just kind of fit in with the younger crowd. You know, I kind of the mother, the mother of them, you know, I became motherly and nurturing like my mom. And so I kind of like saw I to eye with people that were misfits and so i kind of want to let that be my crusade now is just kind of be like i'm the underdog i was the underdog i'm a champion for the underdogs i'm the ones who fell through the crack i'm the ones who kind of fell through the cracks and kind of got kicked aside and found a way to get through it and now i'm like ready to take on the world like i think people just get the sense that they've lost their power whatever that is and or they misuse their power is the Mm -hmm. big thing it's like using their power their talent their money whatever it is that makes them feel powerful and wants them to be controlling and then they misuse that power and i think when that happens i think the universe says no you can do that for so long and then it comes back to get you karma whatever you want to call it there's a cause and effect in the universe and i know that through my 20s and 30s, I was really going through a lot of stuff like that. You know, like, yeah. wow, maybe what's Christianity? That's only been around 2,000 years. Well, yeah, I said I was a Christian. I kind of grew up Christian. Well, what about Middle Eastern religion? What about Buddhism? What about Hinduism? Like, I think it's just all about finding your purpose in this life, whether it's just doing, just being a good person. Absolutely. Know? I think that's the key point right there is just being a good person. Well, I like it. What can you sleep at night with? Like, if you know in your heart that you did something that wasn't, right or you know you're gonna know your conscience oh yeah what's your conscience gonna can you sleep at night over what you did do you need a right or wrong do you need to make an amends do you need to i really feel like everybody in the world should be in a 12-step program it is such a good program for life i'll be one of the first ones to sign up i know there's uh there's a lot that i don't talk about that i still deal with but i don't know i guess it's that stubborn what i was raised around it's not cool to talk about it so it's still even at 32 yeah it's still hard for me to open up about that and then i from previous experiences still have that well man if i open up to you you're gonna have something you can use against me down the road and it happens it does it definitely happens now you learn from it, but and and you know sometimes you just have to walk into like with the people that want to go in the industry. Be prepared and arm yourself because you may just have to literally you have to focus on 
the fact that it's a business, it is yep. a job. And when I when I started out with Funimation, we were all buds. Like we were having cath parties. I mean, there were it's a very small, tight knit group of people. And so that's just what I got used to. And then I was in a show band where we were all like family. So it just became a personal thing and not just like a straight up hardcore 100% business. Like we all knew if you had a dog or if you had a, you know, a sister or who was dating who, like it was just like a, it was kind of like a little high school really. Yeah. But yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, things can turn and you have to be ready for falling in the cracks like I did where, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you, you thought you had this role for life and then boom, you know, mm-hmm. someone, someone's in your, in your take, you're given your role and, you know, I don't fault any, anybody. I don't, I try not to fault anyone for that. I mean, um, it happened and I mean, I'm, I'm a better person because of it, because I, I, I got through it and I didn't let it get me down to the point where I was going to completely leave the industry. I mean, I was still singing and, and I'm still doing that now, but I definitely am not done. I mean, I, I want to, I want to work. I want to get out there and use some more voices and be utilized. And Absolutely. Sometimes it takes pounding the pavement and, and literally finding your own path. Cause there's really no rule book. I mean, right. As much as I'd like to, to guide these people I'm mentoring, like, okay, here's the rule book. This is what you do. I mean, I can give them advice and I can prepare them by my own personal experience and then encourage the crap out of them. Like, do uh-huh. this. If this is all you want to do, well, then do it. Don't give up. Take another job that you don't like, but don't give up. I mean, I had to wait tables. I had to do some things that, that, you know, I tried to make that fun and, you know, use my personality and get to go out there and be around people, which was super fun. But sometimes you just have to do something a little different or do something that isn't your number one passion to get you to be able to do absolutely for a living. Yeah. You you can do it, It, especially if you really, truly, genuinely have a talent for it. Like if you were blessed with this amazing voice or you're blessed with this amazing comedic sense of timing and um, wit, then that can be an even cooler thing. And you can Mm -hmm. combine like I've got a a guy, a friend of mine who's a comedian and he's like, Stephanie, you're really funny. And I'm like, I never really thought about myself. I mean, I'm silly and I, you know, I'm I think I'm kind of funny, but. He's like, no, you really are. Like, you've got these, you can mimic these characters and then you can sing like I'm like Britney Spears and the oh, Bay, but you know, whatever the voices are. He's like, you should do that. And I said, well, I've done some parodies and I've produced some stuff where I sing as a kiddo and, and I've written some stuff. But now I'm like, yeah, maybe I should go back and start doing some more of that. Cause really, I mean, humor got me through a world of darkness. Humor, laughing, comedy, it really is the best medicine. It know? is. It really is. You gotta is. be able to laugh and just, let that stuff go and like don't take yourself so seriously like everybody is trying to rock their life here Mm -hmm. with any and everything that could possibly be in their way so it's like when i laugh and when i make people laugh that's gold right there absolutely therapy (laughs) and i know in performances too like whether it was wrestling or improv now for me the harder you try to not be funny or the harder you try to resist something like that the more uh-huh. it singles you out and the worse that experience is. Whereas right. if you just let it go and be in that moment. Natural. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to make a... It'll just it, flow. It'll have an impact on somebody. Maybe it's one person. Maybe it's the entire mm. crowd. But it makes an yeah. impact on somebody. And that all it is right there is just letting yourself mm-hmm. have a joke at your own expense or, you know, yeah, whatever yeah. it may be. Oh, I make fun of myself all the time. I mean, I, and I know I learned from the bully. I learned from them. Like mm-hmm. they called me Barbie doll. And I was like, Barbie doll. Like, and it was not a good thing at the time. I'm like, I love Barbie doll. Oh my God, Barbie doll. Like she's beautiful. Right. What are you talking about? Like, and so it was more of like, Oh, that Barbie, she wants to be Barbie doll. Here's a Barbie doll. Like this was like when I was, I don't know, 13, 
14. And I was like, but they meant it mean, like they wanted to hurt me. <laughs> and I was like, but Barbie doll's really pretty. What, why, what, Barbie's awesome. Why? So anyway, I learned from the masters of bullying. So like, I know the techniques and I know myself, I know what I see in the mirror as mm-hmm. far as figuratively. Like I know who I am. I really, really know who I am more than ever, whether I like it or not. I do. And I'm like embracing that. I'm like, Pfft. I'm just a regular person. I have faults. I have moral defects of character. I have tendencies. I have, we all do. And it's yeah. like, now I'm like, I, I mean, I am totally poking fun at myself all the time. And it's so refreshing to not have to live this rigid life of like constantly denying who you yeah. are. I mean, it's or like I, I, trying to be what you want people to see you as. That's an uphill battle. That's just. And the harder you try, battle. the worse it gets. Yeah. And that's why like now it's like I've been reading all these cool like tiny boot like there's all these little devotionals and like things mm-hmm. that I've really been reading, whether it be Jesus Calling or it, it's not even necessarily religious stuff, but it's stuff that's like really, really empowering. And I try to put that out in social media. It's like, oh, check this out. This is a really cool way to look at this. And I'm embracing all of this, all of this stuff that got me in so much pain and grief. It's now I'm like, oh, man. I was bullied, but you know what? Those are my bullies. Like, that's where I live. Those are my people. Like, and I never thought I'd ever say that. I was like, they were so yeah. mean, but like, that's my people. I didn't fit in, but that was who I was around. And that was where I lived at the time. And I love those people, damn it. And like, I keep up with them. I remember this girl who threw a desk at me because I got like some wow. awarded at some drama thing. I was, and I wasn't even the lead role. I was like the supporting actress or whatever. And, I literally had somebody throw a, a desk at me. She was that mad at me for winning this award. And I mean, I, and now I'm like, you know, do you remember that time you threw the desk at me in drama class? Like it's, I think it's hilarious now. I've had a lot of stuff thrown at me, but I've never had a desk thrown at me. So I can only a imagine how that desk. went. Oh yeah. Yeah. And wow. I was like horrified. I mean, I had, I, I went home crying and I mean, you know, God, we were kids, we yeah. were kids, you know, we were fighting our own teenage battles and fight and girls were fighting over the, who they wanted to date, and I don't even. I, I say I want to do it again, but no, I do not want to do any yeah. of that again. <laughs> it's like no, thank you. So I got a question based off all these experiences, and especially kind of circling back to you referencing kind of being like the mother hen and having that maternal nature for yeah. the younger yeah. the younger girls you were around. Care of everybody, I'm the band aid. Right. Let me put a band aid on. Or when you were cast in the roles of like Gohan and Goku, knowing their personalities and the way they played out on the shows where they are that underdog or they are kind of that yeah. nerd that yeah. ends up standing up for themselves and standing up for others. Were those specific directions that you were kind of given at that time or was that were there parts of your own personality and experiences yeah. that you were able to bring to that to make them authentic to what you brought to the table with those reads for them? You know, it's crazy that you asked me that because, yes, I definitely channeled a personal life experience um, along coupled with the acting chops and the voice. Like, mm-hmm. it had to be all of that. The cool thing about the company at the time and the directors that really seemed to be focusing on character development and, and really not just having a unique voice to the character, which I thought was awesome, but really, like, putting a lot into the acting and the delivery of the lines. And thankfully... I was able to to pull a lot of that off. I honestly didn't even realize, wow, that I could like come up with this Super Saiyan Gohan voice that, wow, how am I going to do that? (laughs) This is like the manliest, toughest, strongest man voice that I could physically come up with. And I'm really glad that they gave me that opportunity because Gohan, you know, his voice was completely different as a, as a 
well, I, I call him a teen. He was actually technically a preteen. I definitely don't want to step on Kyle Bear's toes because he was actually teen go on. But right. Yeah. He was like 11. Like, this is insane. You know, OK, so I've got to be 11, but I have to sound like this. It's like, how is that possible? Because I didn't sound like that when I was 11, even as a girl. But I don't know. I just I look back at it now. And I mean, I know at the time, yeah, I was definitely going through some stuff and I was definitely channeling that. Mm-hmm. into the role but what is cool about it now is like i kind of feel like i had i was kind of like gohan in my own way go- growing up and like always holding back holding back now's your moment no 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 and just yep. really not having the confidence 100 percent in myself like i didn't even want to use my name like there was a time when i was like no i'm gonna start my own band i don't even want to use my own name i'm so ashamed of my name i don't i'm ashamed of myself or like i was just lived in all this shame growing up and the way i was raised i, I mean it was very strict 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 you know my stepdad was like military Mm-hmm. And I was this ball of energy, and I was a little girl that just wanted love and acceptance, and we, I want to sing, you know. That was just that was just who I was, right? And so I was stifled and told I was bad and wrong my whole life. No, you're bad and wrong because you know they did the best they could. They wanted me to be a good person. They wanted me to be be a yeah. good person. Don't do the right thing. Is probably what the core of it was, and so. That was just a stifledness. I felt stifled my of my spirit. I just felt like it was stifled for so long that it actually rooted itself in a fear of stage, stage and performing in front of people. And that was my passion. But I just, you know, for the longest time, I just could not sing in front of people. Like I had severe stage fright, which is crazy. I mean, I do it all the time now. I'm performing like it's like I could, I'm easier. It's easier for me to sing and get in front of a crowd and perform and than it is for me to get up and speak like it's to me it's a whole different thing like I become a I become a performer when I'm up there and I'm very confident in doing that but for the longest time I you know and looking back I'm like I was so much like Gohan like I was in I was behind the scenes I was like so fiercely loyal to my friends and I had that was my friends and my family those are my people Mm -hmm. and they're killing my people and they're crushing their heads and ah, no you know and a lot of it too was just like I was kind of like standing up for myself. And I think that's where I can really relate to Gohan and and his character and his fight to become this fierce light in this dark, dark world. You know, his dad was dead and like all these horrible things were happening around him. And finally he's like, I've had enough. And then I think it's kind of me too. Cause like I can take and take and take Mm -hmm. and tolerate and tolerate and forgive and forgive. And then it's like, Whoa, no more. The floodgate (laughs) opens. Yeah. And it's like, no, I'm done. I'm done. I mean, I'll take this and I'll do this and I'll pay for all this and I'll take care of you and I'll, but in in life, like I really will. And I'll give you the shirt off my back. But then once you do the ultimate betrayal, I'm going to have to just, that's it. And so I could definitely relate to Gohan's character development. And then also in my later life, going through the issues and adversity with um, not being able to be a mom and, and just feeling like it really, the weight of the world was on my shoulders and I had to just, get over the mm-hmm. past and and fight through the day. Now I'm a stronger person. I'm a, definitely a much more, God, I was already compassionate, but now I'm like compassionate, you know, within limits of not being taken advantage of and things like that, like setting personal boundaries and things like that. So that's kind of how I look at it now. And so, and, you know, and having lost my way in my personal life and then getting out in front of the fans, I was like, oh, well, pff, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be in front of the fans. I'm supposed to be signing autographs and talking to, people that watch the show that still love it and that grew up watching it. This is like crazy. Awesome. Like now I feel like I'm kind of fitting into the world by not fitting in. Isn't that like a paradox or isn't that ironic? It's It's something, but it makes sense because I, I 100% get went through it. And so much of what you just said, like 
I know my chiropractor is going to love me when I see him tomorrow because I was nodding my head through all of that because every Mm -hmm. single thing you said struck a chord with me because it's something that I've gone through where I can relate to. And the only thing I can think to say is amazing to know that like, man, there are other people out there that have gone through this and they can relate to it. So I'm not alone with how I feel on that. And it's right. Well, I'm finally embracing, like, I keep, I was always like, no, no, I'm really not that good. No, I'm not really that. No, I'm not famous. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not, I'm not, I was constantly like, nah, nah, you're just, you're just Stephanie. You're just plain old Stephanie. Now I'm like, you know what? Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. I I worked for the, where I got now. I I did the work. I I made some, you know, good decisions that got me where I'm at now. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not done. I'm not washed up. I'm ready to open some, some more doors for Mm -hmm. sure. Like, I mean, I'm teaching now. I'm, I'm watching these little light bulbs go off and these tender beautiful little eyes and i'm just i'm the opposite of I've, in a lot of ways of how i was treated in and out of these little towns and right. know, just i guess didn't have anything better to do i don't know but and, and we were kids but in all fairness but like i don't want to be anything negative to anybody anybody myself included like i don't want to beat up myself anymore i mean i when i see these kids it's like i want them to have nothing but positive energy for me i want to watch them blossom and i want to be the wind underneath their wings it's like these are the kids of our future this is like these are the kids i i never had like i don't have so like let me i want to nurture them and be sweet and kind to them and that's kind of what is just natural for me so i'm not into games i'm not into like well what's in it for me i don't i don't have this i don't know i mean i know we all have an agenda but like I really don't have one that's I don't want to step on all these other people to make myself look tall or like I don't want to use people in the industry to make myself look good or better. Like right. that's just not I can't play that way. It's just not going to happen. So want- if that's lo- cost me roles or if that's cost me some opportunities, so be it. You I'm still have your morals. Sacrifice. You still have your dignity. Yeah, I'm not going to sacrifice my morals. That is for sure. Like that that's an easy one for me. And I'm like I said, I'm not knocking anyone else, but that's just not for me. Like I I I will find a way, trust me, I will find a way to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody going to go hungry in my house, myself included. My animals get the best food money can buy that they Same love. Same here. My Dan, my bass player, best friend, roommate, business partner, he's he wears 12, 15 hats. He gets anything and everything he wants cuz you know, he's my tribe now, and he he took care of me when in my darkest days, and it's time for me to take care of him and other people, and that's what I'm that's what I'm here to do, and I feel very confident in knowing that that's what I'm supposed to be doing right now, and that's that in itself is really looking a personal battle in the in the eyes and going, I got this, damn it, get out of my way. This Absolutely, is what I do. and I, I, I love hearing that. It's like, I'm done with this. I'm done with all that lottie da, whatever. And being an empath, all right. So I'm an empath. I love people, and I feel the energy of other people. I want to fix and nurture people, but I'll deal with it. I will take the the hits. It's it's just part of me. It's part of my personality. It's like, yeah. So what? It's I'm I'm, I'm going to embrace it. And I'm I've also learned to embrace my dark side. Like there's a dark side creeping and lurking in all of us. And and your demons will take you down. They don't want to play patty ta- patty cake with you. They want to kill you. Mm-hmm. Whatever your demons are, they are they are there, and they know when to lurk and they know when to strike. And you need to arm yourself for that in their personal life as well as in the business of entertainment. And that's that's some advice for you guys out there listening that want to do it. Like, just be ready. <laughs> and I mean, this it's just things are not probably going to just be handed to you on a silver mm-hmm. platter and i don't think that necessarily happens for anybody so just be ready for rejection because by not getting say a role or getting cast in something you really want you just might have been at the right place at the right time or will be 
for the perfect one for you in exactly. another venue, another show, another company, another project. Like I was telling you before we started recording, mm-hmm. there's like people that, and this is something new that I've just been embracing. It's like, there's like this, I guess you can look at it like a pie. So you've got this big world, this big giant and like limitless world or industry or whatever you want to call it. So there's like a big giant pie. Some people see that there's not really a pie at all. It's a piece of the pie. And I want a piece of that pie. Well, if you look at it from a broader perspective, the big picture is no, no, no. It's not just a slice of the pie. There's a huge pie and there are lots and lots of pieces of that pie and there's enough to go around. So if you go into this industry being so fiercely competitive that you're trying to like force your way in and it doesn't flow naturally, I don't think it's going to work out very well. So your intentions have to be good. You have to go into it. It's, it's, I don't want to say, God, it sounds so negative to say you're going into battle, but in some ways you've got to arm yourself to go into battle. Absolutely. And I know this from personal experience from being in this industry since I was, you know, what, 17, 18 years old. I I was a sales rep for six years, but I was singing on the weekends. That's a whole nother thing. But I, I have found that you cannot escape just adversity just in dealing with with other people uh, we're all different we are all made up of completely different issues baggage oh, yeah. experiences um and we're all different we have different personalities so it's just you're just not going to mesh with everybody as much as i thought i could whew, i was wrong <laughs> i still try but I'm, I'm i'm very well aware that absolutely people, people like we were talking earlier people you can look at someone wrong or say something in a way that just rubs people wrong <laughs> and then but then there's people that absolutely love you for it they're like oh my god that's so funny you know it's like mm-hmm. you just have to work, weave your way through it and just prepare yourself for basically keep your your expectations low because if you keep them super low you cannot be disappointed exactly, exactly. that's dan, dan bradford my best friend on the planet my favorite human being my He's just great. He's an, he's an awesome bass player, and he we share music. We're actually he's actually teaching me piano, oh, so I nice. can stay ahead of these kiddos. I have to be one step <laughs> ahead. I'm teaching piano. I'm like still pulling my hair out over that. Like, how am I the world? Am I going to teach piano? I thought I took piano when I was a kid. I thought I would be able to accompany myself one day, but now I'm teaching piano. Like, I I'm still blown away. It's it's great. It's music though. I'm like relearning all this theory and all this stuff that I kind of forgotten about. It's really really been a lot of fun i can only imagine i know it's it's been a few years since i've actually touched any musical instruments so let mm-hmm. alone you teaching it man that's just impressive that's all i can say it's impressive i'm like how am i going to do this like i know how to sing i know how to perform i know how to get on a stage and command the stage and share the stage and sing harmony and know when to sing lead and know when to not and how to hold the microphone and mic technique and i it's it's a natural thing for me now i've been doing it my whole life but sitting down and like okay we got to be organized we got to have piano books and we need to prep and we need to, you know like all of that is like a whole new ball of wax i'm not getting on a stage and performing and then going home i mean it's it's, it's just a whole different playing field and it's been really good for me though because it's very humbling it's like wow i really need to get i need to take lessons again like and um be a step ahead of all this so but i mean the and then teaching voice well i've been a singer just naturally my whole life too so how do you teach voice well shoot to do it in the in the real world you gotta have some talent first Mm -hmm. of all you gotta have the raw talent in my opinion and then you it's a matter of channeling it and molding what you have into a unique style pitch breath control warm-ups i mean there's a lot of components that go into singing So I'm having to kind of learn, and I've been doing it a while now, but I'm having to really learn how to teach voice and take whatever raw talent is there and really try to guide a a kid. Well, really, I've got got some of my 
some of my students are 40 we're in their 40s then they're wanting to find their unique voice and they might not necessarily mm-hmm. even want to go into the the industry with it but it's an escape for them and Absolutely. music for me oh my gosh talk about an escape that is my go-to it's music so that actually i feel like you're just feeding me these questions that i that i already had planned out and it's Oh, and I it's like we're on the same wavelength. I mean, I, I I'm all over the place. So if you if you you can just no. This away. is this has been amazing, and <laughs> it's trying. been a it's I'm been an to in- stay on topic. Damn it, it's very difficult. <laughs> no, this has been perfect. It's been an insightful learning experience <laughs> oh for me. God. But when we talked about you moving around as a kid, I think I counted eight times that you had mentioned that you had moved around. And you just said that music was an outlet for you. When you got into voice acting and voiceover, was it also your outlet to kind of avoid burnout? Or did voice acting become your outlet to avoid burnout for the musical portion of your life? Like, was there a a balance there? Or did they have any effect on each other at all? They were a balance, actually, especially looking back. I was doing both, like, all the time, in and out of both industries. Like, I was singing in a show band, traveling all over the place booking these sessions in between and um the music and the singing was like one side of the voice acting and then the voice acting and the music with the timing and the rhythm and mashing mm-hmm. the flaps like they all went hand in oh, hand oh yeah and whenever i was really bashing my voice and screaming and yelling and, and doing the cell saga and super saiyan gohan i was i was singing a lot and i did need my rest i didn't need my lots of water and hydration and basic self-care, whatever you want to call it. But when I was bashing my voice like that, I was utilizing that side of my voice when I was singing all the soul R&B music. I learned so much more about my singing voice through the voice acting and vice versa. Like I really learned more about vocal stamina and producing a voice and a sound when you are sick, throwing up in between costume changes. I mean, like I did it all the show must go on is like my middle name like mm-hmm. yeah, i mean i even had like one time i did a, a show a musical and i had literally was in costume and ran through a door to go change costumes it was like the break what do you call that the intermission yep ripped my entire leg open i had to have 47 stitches well i ended up like well it's the intermission we the show must go on so i went backstage we threw some ice on it we put the costume back on i finished the show and then i went to the er like that really happened I feel like we could share some war stories about the show must go on from, I think uh-huh. yours takes the cake on mine, but yeah, like just, well, I just, I know young. it for sure. You're young. <laughs> you're just a young punk. Just wait. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. But that's just what you do. I mean, like, yeah. And, and being with Vince Vance and the Valiants, which by the way, coincidentally next month is this month. Oh my God. It's September, 2021. It is the 50th anniversary of this show band that I joined 30 years ago. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. So we're having our 50th reunion and the roots that my real true roots in the industry of performance and being an entertainer and utilizing my voice, my singing, my acting, my dancing, my costuming, choreography, everything about the entertainment industry that I could possibly learn. I learned performing and traveling with that show band. And here we are at 50 years. Vince Vance. Thank God he is stick, he is that man. I'm telling you, he will perform until he literally drops dead. And I learned, and I have that. I share that passion with him. I learned things almost innately, just because I was just doing it all the time. I mean, it was like you were here, you were there, you were traveling, you were in a bus, you were in a train, you were not sleeping, you were sick. Who cares? Throw this costume on and get out there and sing. Like you just mm-hmm. did it. It was in your. It just it's just in my blood, and it was the life and breath of this man. And still to this day, he's still performing. And I was able to do a performance with him recently, and I'm just like my. God, this man is the king. Like, and he's funny. And I learned how to be funny and like talk in between songs. And you know, 
performing in a band like that, you don't just stand up there and sing. Like, you perform. You put oh, on yeah. a show. And by being in that show band, I was able to front a band called The High Rollers, which is a show band that ended up being the Senior Breakfast Party Band. So <laughs> naturally, I knew all these 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 80s songs and grew up with all of that. So then here I am. We've got this band, the best of the best in the industry, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We were literally pieced together like the ingredients of a cuisine dish you know and so everybody got it like everybody been doing it forever everybody was super awesome at what they did dan was really awesome on bass great band leader had tons of experience doing that i thankfully learned from the freaking best mm-hmm. vince vance himself i mean the man could entertain anybody from any walk of life and and was just could get away with some of the craziest insane jokes i'm like still to this day don't know how he got away with some of that but <laughs> i learned from literally even between songs like we were constantly changing costumes and then vince vance would perform and then we would be the background singers and then we would sing lead and then he would go change costumes and he'd come back out and do vv hammer we're doing mc hammer and we would do the supremes and we'd come out in the gowns and the and we it was just this magical show and learning all of that literally at the tender age of 18, 19 through 20s or whatever, however long I was with him, almost, I don't know, 15, 20 years total. I was able to do all that naturally and I, you know, and have that confidence that I finally was able to get over that stage fright and really be like, this is what I do. I mean, come on. It's been great. So here we are about to hit our 50th reunion in literally weeks. And what a great year for all of these things to really start blooming. Absolutely. Like all this work I really did and now finally embracing it and saying, okay, yeah, you're pretty good at what you do. Oh, yeah. You're going to be all right. <laughs> you got what it takes. And I'll yeah, actually... I, I stuck it, man. I, I I just fought for what I... It's just your passion. You just, you just have to do it. I mean, even in, during the pandemic, you know, we were trying to figure out a way to come up with music and write things and, and utilize it. Man, sometimes I, you just have to sit down and listen to your, to your favorite songs to mm-hmm. just take a break from this crazy life. It's a gift. It's a it gift. really is. There's you... a balance, like you said, though. There's Absolutely. A, a, a balance between your personal life, your personal struggles, and then hopefully you can challenge and channel all of that amazing knowledge of living it into your craft. That is just a beautiful thing right there. It definitely is. And create a masterpiece out of it. So I still hope to like sit down and write songs and finally cut an album. I did one in my 20s, by the way, which didn't get off the ground, but I'm hoping to get that up on, on the internet. It was a amazing collaboration with Carl Finch nice a brave combo out of Denton and we have a whole album that we really w- wanted to put out there and now I'm like you know maybe we, maybe the fans might want to hear some of this stuff is kind of this stuff's kind of cool like oh yeah we were called the cookies and we had our own little thing going on and it's uh, that stuff's buried but it's there and it's it's really magical in fact we ended up using some of those talents to record some of uh, the themes at uh, Funimation we were um, wow asked to perform, produce, and take the Japanese translation of some of these yeah. themes and then put them into English and then make them into songs. And I sang some of them. I actually was able to direct some people. One of the ones that really stand out is Sayonara Bye Bye with, from Yu Yu Hakusho. Oh, yes. Yes. Kitty Grade, opening and closing theme. I did one for Case Closed. I really, really enjoyed that because that was not just the voice acting. That was like, I'm singing. You know, it's like, this is this is how I really my first love is right here mm-hmm. under the same umbrella. That was really cool. And then getting behind the behind the scenes and directing people and like really getting the best of the best out of them. That's a talent there too. That Absolutely. I'd like to doing as I get older, it's like, hey, I can be behind the scenes. And thankfully, with the work that I do with voicing, I don't really. It doesn't really matter what I what I look like. <laughs> so <laughs> if I lose my looks and you know just my body goes to hell, well, if there's still my voice, right? <laughs> exactly. 
long as yeah. you can talk into a microphone and make it good, you're good to go. I know more than ever with the pandemic, people are just doing amazing things out of the like, right now. I've got a studio that we've been working on and hope to do a lot more with that. But my website got up stephanienadalny.com. My Lord, I should have done that years ago. I think what more than anything that I would like to tell young people or people that want to go into this industry is like, try to think outside the box. Like don't, um, cause I was so sheltered for so long. And then when I finally got into the industry, it was like this whole world. And it's like, I, I guess it would be mainly don't limit yourself because I felt like there was all these limits. There's more avenues than ever to channel your talent and energy. I mean, my gosh, you know, anything from, I say this is not really a good example, but like American Idol or mm-hmm. The Voice or, I, I mean, I, I remember auditioning for a Nashville star and we only had like one or two of those. And then by the time it was, they were everywhere. I was too old. Like they had an age limit. Oh God, that was like a dagger. Oh no, I'm 28. I can't do that. I'm too old. And that's still (laughs) young. That's still young. Yeah, but it's okay. I mean, you can't change your age and you can't do something to do about it. So if the industry wants to to hold you to those limits, there's other ones. There's other ways you can, you you can channel your talent. Like, look at you doing this podcast. Look at you go, man. I'm like, now now I kind of want to do a podcast. What's, (laughs) What's stopping me? Right. I've done some radio work, so maybe I could put together a radio show. Absolutely. Uh, I did one for bullying. It was a campaign against bullying, and that that fizzled a little bit because we weren't sure exactly if this was helping mm-hmm. anyone, like in the schools. And I mean, there's only so much you can do. Uh, you can't be a, be hands on. You can't be everywhere. I mean, this, right? Bullying is is happening at any age in any industry. So there's only so much you can do. I mean, you can bring awareness to it. I guess. Yeah, but. you still want to be a force for good, but like you said. You yeah. can't be there at every at every situation, so uh-huh. it, it makes it difficult. It does. I mean, I did what I could with it. Like, I used the, the singing in the bands mm-hmm. and the voice work to be a platform to jump off of to spread more awareness. And that's what I hope I can continue to do through this opportunity of voicing this iconic character and Kid Goku and, and Gohan is to reach out to kids struggling with and ones who had struggled and now are having their own kids to empower them to stand firm in your beliefs of who you are and get over those obstacles that may or may not really try to tear you down and then embrace it, turn it all around and then throw something out into the world. That's, that's kind and good and helpful to others so that they will be just, if it helps one person, seriously, not commit suicide or go to treatment for an addiction or whatever it is that you do or say to touch someone's life and save a life, then your work's done. Your work here is done. Absolutely. And then just get out there and keep doing it. That's yeah. it. So 100%. Can, you know, that's kind of what I'm embracing now is like, you know, I've had that adversity and I've had some crazy demons and I've gotten into a lot of trouble. I've gotten into a lot of trouble and I'm still here and I'm finding a way to just channel it, accept it, embrace it, and just throw something out that's good and not be bitter and resentful. That's Absolutely. just trouble right there. That's just going to make everything worse. And that was always a hard thing for grudges. me. Yeah. Don't, don't hang on to the grudges. Find a way, even if you are an empath or you have like a sensitive kind spirit, just, um, you know, mm-hmm. do whatever it is. Cause you got, we're here to survive, right? I yep. mean, we're doing our best to survive and tearing down someone else is, is never, ever going to be a good thing for anyone. No, it won't. No, life's hard enough. It's a gift, but it's extremely difficult. And I even had a fan came up to me and kind of knew some of the the struggles I'd gone through. And there's been a lot of um, 
stuff on Twitter. I'm not even on Twitter, but I've heard horrible things that people were saying about me years ago about, oh, Stephanie is doing this and that and just all this more bullying, right? And mm-hmm. he's like, how are you How are you so happy all the time? It's like, well, I don't want to be a bitter, old, resentful maid. Like, I don't want to be – I mean, if I'm ever in a bad mood, I'm not going to put it on social media and I'm not just going right. to – I don't want to complain or bring anyone down. Like that's not good either. Right. But I am a human being and I, you know, I suffer too. And I, we all have our bad days, you know, bad shoot. I had bad years. I mean, I'm really, truly lucky to be alive. Um, we definitely have to go into the gory details of it, but I am a very grateful person that I had survived some of the, the adversity that was in front of me. Absolutely. And I mean, just throughout this entire conversation, you can tell, just in the inflection of your voice, just how positive your mindset is now and how grateful you really are to have come mm-hmm. through those experiences and be able to to pass them on to other people. And like you said, maybe yes. it makes that difference in one person's life, but then your yes. work is done. So you can tell like how much mm-hmm. that really means to you at this point. And I, I think that's just mm-hmm. awesome to hear. That's the first thing that I finally, that really sh- like the light bulb came on when I was coming out of these, these extremely dark times of losing the possibility of being a mother and like divorce. And oh my God, my family was die. A lot of them died young. And all of these things that I thought were a part of me and were really my roots, right? It were just falling away. And some of it was my, you know, a lot of it was not my own doing. It was literally, these things were just happening. Right. And a lot of it happened at once. And so it was like, oh, God, what can I, how am I going to survive all of this? Oh, boom. Now, now your job's ended. The promotion at the Windstar's ended and your band is no longer, you know, I mean, just all kinds of stuff was going on. I was like, what am I going to do now? And it's like, felt like I was drowning. And then when I finally felt like I surfaced was when I got in front of the fans again and and, and got out and d- did these conventions. And some of them were online, but the face-to-face ones re- are really, there's something different about being in person. And that's when I'm like, you know what? All right, I get it now. I get it. It's like, don't fight it anymore. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And when you fight and you fight and you don't let things roll and you, you constantly are fighting, whether it's control or whatever it is, some I think a lot of people with a lot of adversity are fighting for some kind of control, whether it be, oh, I have to have a good job. I have to provide for my family. I have to never show anyone that I'm, I have a weakness or, I, or that mm-hmm. I have an addiction or that I – whatever it is. It's, Fear of it's, being vulnerable. Fear, yeah. I mean, yeah, when, like you said, when you put yourself out there and you do show that you are vulnerable, I find that to be stronger and braver. Absolutely. That's just how I see it. I don't see it as a bad thing. I I don't see admitting that you have resentments or guilt or shame about past behaviors. And whatever it is, I think it's empowering to me personally when I hear people just be honest. You know, you know what? I kind of got off track and did some really stupid stuff and – uh I'm not that person anymore. Or right. You can change. Anybody, anybody can change for the better. Let people change. Let them have their journey. Give them a chance. Pray for them. Don't kick a, a dying man. Don't don't do it. Exactly. It's horrible. That's what the I think that's worst the worst thing anybody could do to someone is to really truly wish suffering on another human and Mm -hmm. for me to see this in some emails in this industry it's like really i mean seriously that that's just horrible and obviously it would be worse is if you kill someone i mean yeah it's it feels like it's worse but it's not it's like when someone really truly genuinely wishes harm and suffering on another and that's just heartless to me that's just cruel it's cruel i agree and that's you know like you said (laughs) 
you don't want to kill somebody because that's the worst of the worst, but something like that very well could easily push someone to self harm Mm -hmm. or something like that too. So look at what's happening. It happens all the time. Every few seconds, their kids are not even just kids, people of all ages, just, they're just offing themselves. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're absolutely bullied to death or their demons get them. Yep. So let people be, leave them alone. Don't fight it. Don't this control thing. It's hard because everyone has some kind of issue with control and the power that you can easily abuse. And this industry is just filled with it. I've made a vow. I mean, I just never want to be like that. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, here I am just bearing my soul here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's what you guys wanted to hear, but. I think it's going to make a big impact on our audience, too, because, you know, like like I said earlier, the whole reason for this podcast was not only for me to express some of the things that I've yeah. had difficulties with growing up, but to let other people yes. out there know that you're not alone. Like I know it's hard uh-huh. speaking from experience to communicate because sometimes you don't even know how to describe it, but yep. you're, yep. you're not alone. There's somebody out there, mm-hmm. whether you realize mm-hmm. it or not, that has been where you've been or maybe going through what yeah. you're going through and you can help each other, whether you right. know it or not. So I mean, I believe it or not, like I would go to youth group at church and be bullied and I'd be calling my mom to come pick me up because the kids at church were, I mean, it, in treatment, I got bullied. I'm like, what, for real? I mean, yeah. I like, Gosh. what is going on here? Why? And I keep thinking, then you start to think, is this me? Like, am, am I attracting this? Like, because it really makes you second guess yourself mm-hmm. when it keeps happening. Oh, like, yeah. Is this me? And then you start to really doubt who you are and then it just, it just backfires. So, yeah, but like. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like that kind of stuff can go on in the places where you really feel like, you know, like, I mean, at a hospital, you could be bullied by the nurses. I mean, really? Come on. People that are supposed um, to help you. Yeah. So I'm I'm a, I'm here to crusade for the grief-stricken misfits in the world that have truly struggled with this and don't fit in and mm-hmm. want to belong to something and believe that they are a part of something because I'm I've lived it 50 years of it here I am and all right so let's do this thing what you know who can I help what can I do hopefully this inspired some people to stick with it whatever it is whatever it is this adversity these demons these the self-doubt the criticism of self um whatever it is whatever it is man Don't let it get you down. Don't let it take you out of the game because you are a part of a giant big picture where we are all connected. And when you put something negative out, you're going to get smacked down. I really, truly believe that. And if if you put out nothing but yum, and I say yum, like what I mean by that is yummy, like you put out good stuff and then you'll, 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 you'll be fine. Oh yeah. The the universe will take care of you. We are a vapor in a world Mm -hmm. that will outlive any and all of us for who knows quadrillion billion years seriously have you watched space videos and oh like, yeah what the extraterrestrials and i mean we're seriously like little ants we're like smaller than any atom and that's humbling in itself right there right and so then you wake up and you and you face the day it's like my god we're alive get out there and have a good day let's do this you know make I'm, the best I'm, of I used it to wake up like i don't want to oh my god i don't have anybody I'm just, that like no more of that victim crap no i'm done with it yep because all that does is make it harder for you to dig yourself out of that hole at that point 
Yeah. And then when, and when you really, truly feel like you're alone, like you said, you really are. Like, I thought I was alone all those years. I was like, no, 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 no. We do not get anywhere. Anyone on this planet, I don't care who you are, you want to take credit for making it big in this and making it big in that and making a lot of money at this. No. You didn't get there by yourself. Right. Um, it's always a team effort. Anywhere. We are social people. We we depend on each other to thrive, to live, to eat, to breathe. We we are not a god. Yep. <laughs> we're not, not we're not meant to be we're not meant to be alone. We're meant to be in social settings. We're meant to communicate mm-hmm. with each other. That's what even we're... Even introverts. You yeah. Know, even introverts. Yeah. We, we still depend on somebody on the other end of the phone, the other end of the computer. Absolutely. We're, we're, we are not... No, it, that's not how we're... That's not why we're here. There's a reason why we breed. There's a reason why we have families. This is what we do. Instinct. We were t- I was talking to, to Dan earlier about instinct and how do these animals know instinctively what to do? Protect their young, nurture their young. Like, this. there's the basic instinct and then there's people like us who have thoughts and feelings and brains mm-hmm. and minds and you know we can utilize that to yep. benefit the world as a whole right absolutely so it I just, feel like I've just been on a soapbox <laughs> is it time to step down I I mean I think I can't really think of a better way to end it because that kind of okay. pulls everything into perspective right there right? and this I is mean universal man it Come really on, is man. it really <laughs> is and I mean it's just yeah. it all ties back to something you said earlier and just being a good person that at mm-hmm. the end of the day that is what it is because yeah. what you do can negatively or positively impact somebody and you don't know yeah. what that person's going through so yeah why do you want to tear them down and essentially tear yeah. yourself down at the same time when yeah. you could put something positive out in the world and maybe it won't come back to you right there in that moment but right. somewhere down the road it's coming back oh, yeah. to you i mean hold the door open smile at people but if you're feeling like gloomy, it's it's they have done studies that show that when you exude that personality and you smile and you wake up with a positive prayer, mantra, devotional, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you get your mindset, you just naturally feel better. You do better. You feel yep. like a better person. You feel exhilarated. Like it's 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 a real thing. You it know? makes all the difference in the world. You just have to yeah, be willing like to said, open yourself at to someone it. Someone who might be freaking ready to blow their brains out. Just smile at them and buy them a cup of coffee. Yep. You know, do something good. Like go go down to the dregs of the t- city of Dallas or wherever you live. Go go give people food. Just whether they're begging on the corner or not is not up to you. Universal yeah. figure that out. Give them something to eat. Give them some money and just be on your way. And then don't tell anybody about it. <laughs> Yep. Right. It feels freaking awesome. Pay it forward. It's awesome. It's the best thing you can do. It's so rewarding. It 100% is. Well, Stephanie, I mean, I think we could sit here and talk all night about that. Oh, I know. I know. Man, I know we were probably, I don't even honestly know what we were supposed to really, if we had questions lined up or not, but this was pretty um, much it right here. So, I mean, again, I feel like you, I don't know if somebody slipped you the, list of questions I had, but inadvertently hey, man, you answered. I, <laughs> I see basketballs in football. No, that's a stupid joke. But no, you, I... you answered just about everything that I had lined up to ask. So, I mean, it was uh, oh. literally, we were on the same wavelength and that was amazing. So I just want to thank you for being so generous with your time here tonight, because I know uh-huh. everything you've shared and just being so open and so vulnerable is going to make yeah. a difference I can already say, too, it made a difference for me because I have been smiling ear to ear throughout this conversation, just knowing that somebody that helped me through a lot of my hard times growing up 
has gone through so many of the same things. And yeah, a lot of people have. It's like you said, it's a yeah. universal thing. It's an amazing feeling to know that you're not alone. And I think that a mm-hmm. lot of people that hear this episode are going to have the same result from that as well. And I think, you know, not only are they going to get that interaction with you, you know, when they see you at a convention or they see you out in yeah. public, but they're going to know that this is a genuine good person here and she's all about just paying it forward yeah. and not letting those yeah. demons get the best of her. And she's somebody yeah. I can look up to in that regard. I really hope so. And like you said, looking back, I mean, look what it did for Gohan. I mean, mm-hmm. shoot, he fought the fight. He, he sat and watched everything crumble around him. He fought the adversity. He, he stood in the background and then bam, that was his moment. And he did it with anybody. Yep. He had his tribe. He had his dad talking in his ear. My mom's talking in my ear constantly. She's probably wanting to slap me around a little bit sometimes like what are you doing that's mom for you that's like be a lady don't burp out loud i mean all of that stuff yeah but yeah but it's like yeah it's it's a very i think that's i i'm starting to see it more and i'm definitely more than open than ever to accept the compliments and be like yeah okay cool you know thank you instead of like no 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 it's really not i'm sick of dumbing myself down like i'm i'm really done with that like I, i i feel like i've lived my life of like dumbing down my energy in this this energy that gets on people's nerves but then others are like so attracted to it and so as long as i'm using it in the right ways and not abusing it we're all good absolutely it's all all good and it feels good and there's fine i think i'm finally seeing a lot of personal peace in this journey of mine that i've and i'm not done like i said i'm ready to rock the universe i love it (laughs) Was well, there anything that you want to leave uh, leave the audience with as we wrap it up here tonight? Oh, of course. Why not the uh, Command Man Wave? Absolutely. I'm just going to sit back on this one. Well, <laughs> uh, you know what? I I don't know if I'll ever get this chance again, so I'll I'll join in with you on that whenever you're ready. Okay. We'll just do. We'll do. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I should do Goku or Go On. Probably Go On because like I'm ready to just blast my voice out right at the end. Let's go then. What do I have left? Ready? Here ready. Go. Come ha me ha and there <laughs> goes the inner ten year old in me right there. Man, thank you so much for tonight. I I really appreciate just getting the chance to sit down and talk with you about everything and again you being so open and so vulnerable. Um it's just who I'm supposed to be. I'm, I'm sick of fighting it. I'm just, it's just who I am. So if, take it or leave it, right? Absolutely. Well, <laughs> I got- have my tribe. I have found my tribe. And those are my people. Those are my bullies, my enemies, and my best, bestest of friends. Absolutely. Guys, I hope you all have enjoyed tonight's episode with Stephanie Nadolny. Stephanie, thank you so much again. And I know for a fact that we'll have you back on sometime in the oh, near future. So- and guys, my pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks, everyone. If you like fight what the we're good fight, peeps, fight the good fight. What always. she said, and if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, share it, tell your friends, and I know you hear me. Thanks again, Stephanie. Oh, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Take care. I just want to thank Stephanie again for taking her time and really being so open and vulnerable during that conversation, but. Unfortunately, I also want to take a minute at the end of the show here to bring attention to a terrible, terrible tragedy that has been making its rounds on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm a big pit bull person. 
my two rescues are pit bulls. And unfortunately, a story has been circulating about an absolutely precious pit bull that was finally adopted and was supposed to be going to her forever home, only to find out that she was adopted by a family that ended up abusing and murdering her. And I, I, I'm sorry, I'm trying to keep myself together here. Um, her remains were discovered a few days after the foster home she came from pursued the investigation against the family that had adopted her after they stopped receiving check-in text messages. And these people need to be brought to justice. It's an inhumane thing that they did. Doesn't matter if it's a dog, a cat, a human. It's inhumane and it's wrong. And if you want to help with hashtag justice for Nala, I'm going to have information in the show notes of how you can donate, how you can sign the petition, and just help these I can't even call them people, these monsters, how you can help bring them to justice. And any way that you can help with that is greatly appreciated. Guys, I hate to end the show on such a negative note, but I want to do my part to help out in that situation as best I can. So thank you again for listening. And if you can help out in any way with this horrible situation, please feel inclined to do so. I'll have the information in the notes. Take care. Have a great week. And I know you hear me.